The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Today's show brought to you locally by Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Daryl, we're sitting in the aftermath of a Monday where, or Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this, that the excitement is there because the team won on Sunday, but at some point you've got to press forward to the Jets and you've got to figure out what needs to be fixed because there were plenty of teachable moments in that first game in the victory over the Panthers 26-24. Yeah, I mean, glad that they won the game, obviously. Uh, you, you, you end that 17-game winless streak in week one, start off 1-0. and uh, very, very important. You position yourself to be able to do something that hadn't been done since 1993, and that's start 2-0. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, like, um, it, it was an ugly win, but it was a win. And there's a lot of things that I think that, you know, Kevin Stefanski and the team realizes that they have to clean up after this win so that they will continue to win. Because I think if they don't clean those things up, we're not going to be having many more victory Mondays. So um, that that's one of my uh, top takeaways uh, after, uh, you know, listening to coach on Monday, listening to from Denzel Ward and Wyatt Teller that it wasn't pretty, but the bottom line is they got the job done. Now the focus is on cleaning stuff up. And as you mentioned, looking forward now to the New York Jets. 
So, Daryl, the score was 20 to 7 after three quarters, and they didn't finish. It finished as strong as they needed to. I guess maybe that's it, because I'll take a win any day of the week. But, you know, there are a lot of little things that you can look at. But, you know, Kevin Stefanski talked a little bit about that after the game and about how this team needs to finish it off. And there's a lot of things to work on and a lot of incomplete things. Well, not only it, – it's not – from my point of view, they finished. the The, the problem was yeah, they did yeah. not need to be in the position that they were in, and that is having to rely on a fifty eight yard field goal at the gun. I mean, they were taking the Panthers to the woodshed early in that game. They moved the ball at will offensively. Um, there was nothing there for Carolina offensively because of the the constant pressure that Baker Mayfield was under, but, um, you know, the, the slow start offensively is something that Kevin Stefanski acknowledged Monday afternoon. Uh, we really could have pulled away earlier, uh, you know, going one for four in the red zone, you know, we double dip at the end of the half, we get a field goal, get the ball in the second half, get a field goal. So you score on consecutive possessions, but only six points. So there's just, there are opportunities to, to be better early so that you don't have to kick a 58-yarder uh, at the end. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that says it right there, Andy. Don't you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I, I like this perspective on this, too, because sometimes Kevin can be bland and and not give you – maybe just kind of get on to the next question, answer. I thought he was legit. I thought he was real on that, and they shouldn't have been in that position. It's the same thing about Carolina fans that are whining after the game about a couple of missed calls or bad calls at the end of the game. Well, hello, you only had seven yards in the first quarter. So you got to play four quarters all the way through. Um, and as we've talked about, as we talked about in the post-game podcast, that, you know, this team is going to learn, but I do think this is the blueprint for what we're going to see. I'm not expecting Jacoby Brissett to be perfect. And the defense is going to have to carry some of the weight and special teams. I talked about punting last week on this on this podcast. And guess what? The punting was pretty good. They didn't have very good field position to start. And when they were giving up big plays, they were big plays that the defense was allowing and that the special teams came through for what they needed to, especially when you look at what Cade York was able to do. And you lump him into the special teams. Yeah, and, you know, Jacoby Brissett was, was not great. But the Browns went into this understanding that he's not a great quarterback. That's why they signed him to be the backup. Uh, 18 to 34, a buck 47, and a touchdown typically not going to get it done week in and week out. But on Sunday, it got it done. You know, Jacoby, uh, he, he battled. There were some opportunities early, uh, but you got to understand that these games are, are uh, going to be some moments of some highs. You got to battle through the lows. Uh, you look around the league, and there, there's some tough moments. There's some really good defenses out there. Uh, so, for us, it's, it's going to be about, you know, learning from the plays that we would like back and then, uh, you know, just putting a plan together to, to be able to go perform this week versus the Jets. And, and I know, like, a, a lot of people are really down on Jacoby after that performance, and they're not excited about the next 10 games he's going to start, right? Because, right. I mean, let, let's be honest about it. There, there was not a lot of – explosion in the passing game but if you're expecting Kevin Stefanski to be down on Jacoby Brissett 
uh, you would be sorely mistaken. I really do believe that he can continue to get better. I think he will continue to get better. Uh, having said that, I know there were some misses, but the throw to Donovan, uh, the second to last completion there, I know we completed to Mari to get to the 40, but that throw to Donovan with a uh, player bearing down on him who's unblocked, standing in the, in the pocket and making that throw, that's, that's big-time football right there. So uh, he can be better, um, but really, really proud of how he uh, finished that game. The bottom line is, like, that's the key word, Andy. He finished. Right. Glenn, right. Got a little help from the officials, not going to lie. Got 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 some help from the officials on that final drive. Yeah, I don't think anybody denies that. If you don't deny that, then you're just not realistic. I mean, we got lucky on a couple of calls there, two in particular. And you know what? Sometimes you you got to be uh, you got to be lucky. And how, how many yeah, how many times have we been on the other end? How many times yep. has luck gone against the Browns, right? Exactly. Those calls go against them. I mean, look, the first thing I thought when I saw the flag uh, on the field before Cade York came out was, well, this is on the Browns and Cade York's going to have to kick this thing from Florida <laughs> for them to be able to win the game, which he basically still had to kick it from Florida, uh, you know, to win the game. But the, the, the bottom line is, is, um, you know, they, they caught a break and Stefanski was asked about the spike and this was his response. Yeah. The spike, whatever the, they ruled. I'll, I'll go with the officials on that one. <laughs> let, let me let me let me put that through the Kevin Stefanski translator here for you. Yes. <laughs> Thank God they didn't call intentional grounding, and which is what they should have called. Right. And uh, we're glad to get out of there with a win. So that, that's your Kevin Stefanski translator on that. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. You talked about Donovan Peoples Jones, and he talked about him too. That that catch he made in triple coverage. I mean, there were three guys all over him. He I, reminded. I don't know that we've seen a catch like that since Josh Gordon. Uh, it's the uh, first thing I could think of. When he, he was made great. that catch. Yeah. I mean, targeted eleven times. All six of his catches were contested. He he was basically getting assaulted every right. time. Ball was thrown in his direction, and it was an effort that Kevin Stefanski did not uh, overlook. Really, from the beginning to the end, uh, early in the game, and then late in the game, and, and throughout, he just he made the plays that came to him. Uh, you mentioned the contested catches, uh, some of them on third down, some in the two minute there, uh, and that's a that's a variable, very valuable asset to have as a receiver where. Even when you're covered, uh, you're not. So for him to go up and get the ball was impressive in a bunch of those moments. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and just how incredibly important they were, not only against the Panthers, but what they're going to be going forward, Andy. But they don't win that game on Sunday without Donovan Peoples-Jones. So let me talk about two of the other receivers. I was shocked that David Bell didn't even have one target. Weren't you? I thought that they would try to throw it to him at least once. Um, although when you go 50, 50, you can only throw so many balls and right. I mean, I, I like yeah. the numbers tell me that, that I understand why it didn't happen, well, but I mean, to your point, people's Jones got targeted 11 times. Uh, right. Amari Cooper got six targets, uh, Harrison Bryant and Kareem hunt, both four targets, uh, Anthony Schwartz, two targets, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Demetric Felton, one target each. And when you look at the distribution, or not, not so much the distribution, but the the balance, Andy, yeah. Yeah. It, it was basically 50-50. They ran it 35 times, threw it 34. Can't argue with that. Re really, you, you can't argue with that. 
No, and then the other point that he made, I thought about um, Jacoby Brissett, he could use that same answer for Anthony Schwartz coming out of preseason. It's it's virtually the same answer, and I think it's not about even the person. It's about the way Kevin Stefanski backs his players, and there are plenty yep. of people that, you know, if you have ne- if you hadn't seen Anthony Schwartz in the preseason, you would have been like, hey, that guy had a pretty good game yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And so that that's the interesting part about it. And I think the lesson to be learned there is. Preseason doesn't mean a whole lot, but I do like the way Kevin used him, had the opportunity to put his speed to work by sending him around twice. And then when he needed to make a big catch, he did. You want to silence the critics, do exactly what Schwartz did yesterday. Yeah, and, or he, Sunday. Re- and he reiterated on Monday that um, – because I – and I clearly wasn't the only one, but I thought the end arounds were designed as you know confidence boosters. Just get, get the ball in his hands, get him – some positivity going right and and right. Kevin Stefanski said Monday that was not the case that was just built into the game plan part of what they wanted to do they wholeheartedly believe um uh, in Anthony Schwartz and he had a big 19 yard catch to to move the sticks uh you know in the fourth quarter so um you're going to see him uh you know involved in this offense but um my biggest takeaway when it comes to the passing game yesterday, besides the fact Jacoby Brissett wasn't great and he's not going to be great, and the Browns are okay with him not being great so long as uh, he doesn't make those critical mistakes, which he didn't make yesterday, is that Donovan Peoples-Jones can be a go-to guy outside of Amari Cooper. It's a good point. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about the formula that did work, and that was Hunt and Chubb. We're going to talk about that next coming up on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you want to reach us, all you need to do is hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at Game Day CLE. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, still looking back and ahead at what's up for the Browns right now. And it's brought to you, this podcast is, locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. All right, let's talk about the combination that helped the Browns win their first game of the season with uh, against Carolina and Baker Mayfield, whose name we haven't even said once in this podcast today. So that's, uh, that's one, if you want to keep scoring home. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were outstanding. Nick Chubb was unreal at times, unstoppable. And what I thought was interesting is the Browns ran the ball 39 times. If you want to include um, Schwartz's run and, and Jacoby Brissett's four runs. So Schwartz had two and Jacoby Brissett had four. So 33 of the 39 runs came from Chubb or Hunt. 39 though, is also the number that topped the NFL through Monday night's game for number of rushes. Only the Philadelphia Eagles ran the ball as many times as the Cleveland Browns. So, I think there were a lot of people, Daryl, that were watching the game, especially coming out of the first half, saying, why would the Browns even want to throw the ball at all, keep running? Yeah, 100%. And um, as we have talked about, they're not counting on Jacoby Brissett to carry the team, but they are counting on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to carry the team, both literally and figuratively. And um, when you have the offensive line that you have, you can afford to do it. Uh, and and Wyatt Teller, uh, you know, was asked about this formula of run the ball, do just enough in the passing game, quality special teams, defensive pressure up front to rattle quarterbacks. And it, you know, this is this what it's going to be in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the formula that we've uh, <laughs> we've always wanted to kind of you know portray. Um, obviously, you know, our defense played really well. Um, there was a handful of plays that, you know, changed it, but, or that, you know, brought them close. Um, but for the most part, you know, you know, three phases of football working together, complementary football, you know, that's how you win games. You know, and, and the reason they're able to do this is because you have <coughs> such a prolific back in Nick Chubb, who, by the way, has been nominated for the ground player of the week award. When they want to sponsor the podcast, I'll say who sponsors that award. So, there you go. That's that the out. way to make some cash. Good job. <laughs> So if you'd like to sponsor it, well, then we'll uh, we'll, we'll use your we name. But talk. It's, yeah, it's the uh, it's the it's the ground player of the week award. Uh, we can deliver. How's that sound? We can deliver. <laughs> yeah, he he's got some stiff competition. We'll talk about that in a second. But you know um, what was amazing about that 141 yard uh, performance is over over 110 yards of that came after contact. Yeah, I think I saw a play where he jump cut 15 times in one play. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, no, he's he's a talented back. Um, you know, he's not the only one back there that's talented. You know, we have uh, multiple players that can play at a very high level, uh, which makes our job easier. You only got to give them, a, you know, 
a yard or two and they'll squeeze through and, uh, you know, score a touchdown. Um, it's an absolute blessing to have those guys behind you. Um, but, you know, we got to do our job. And as an offensive line, um, we know we take pride in being able to put, you know, rushing yards on the ground and, um, you know, be able to play, you know, complimentary football with our defense, where if we have, you know, 39 minutes of, you know, possession or 40 minutes of possession, it's, it's hard to, uh, hard to beat a team like that. I mean, how can you argue against the guy that averaged 6.4 yards a carry yesterday? You'd have to have bigger, better numbers with a different kind of win. That's yeah. the only way you can argue. So who, who you were saying, who do you think he's up against this week? So the, the stiff competition for this award this week, uh, <laughs> they, they actually put up better numbers than, than Chubb did. Um, you have DeAndre Swift of uh, the Lions. He had 144 yards and a touchdown on 15 carries, but the Lions lost to the Eagles 35, or I should say 38-35. Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, 161 yards and a score on 31 carries, but the Colts tied the Texans 20 to 20. So, so wait, what, what was the average on his? Can you just yeah, think that? I, I, mean, I, I, I don't do math. I, well, I'm, just tell me how many yards did he have? Uh, let me get 161. The, let me get the calculator here. We go 161 divided go. by 31. He averaged 5.19 yards per carry. So neither one of those guys averaged as many carries. I think the touchdown helps him the tie, um, but getting the win might push him over the edge to well, win the award. Uh, Swift averaged 10.3 yards a carry almost. So oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so this might be one of those weeks where Nick Chubb just says, "Yeah, it was an honor to be nominated." All right, so let's let's do this. Uh, let's talk more about the the general concept because I think I think there were a lot of fans in that first quarter when Kevin Stefanski put. Chubb and Hunt out there at the same time. They were like, all right, Kev kind of gets us now. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that has not been available to them. Like I get the criticism, um, but like Kareem Hunt wasn't available for half the season last year. So it, it's hard to, you know, establish that. And also not as deep. And when you look at 2020, it was, a couple of series of Chubb, then a couple of series of Hunt, then a couple of series of Chubb, then back to Hunt, then back to Chubb. Fourth quarter comes, defense is gassed, and then Chubb and Hunt really, really super go off. Uh, gives the defense uh, a tough time, and there, there were uh, plenty of snaps versus that defense uh, of, of looks like that. So we'll continue to explore those type of things. You know, part of the offensive game plan is always to – do what we do, but also try to do things that may give them problems. Uh, so moving forward, uh, definitely could see something like that growing. I think it's fair to say that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on the field at the same time gives opposing defenses problems. I think that's a fair statement, Andy. There were people trying to argue with us last week about that. There's only one football, and you're telling them that only one guy can get the ball. I'm like, yeah, but if Kareem Hunt splits out and now you're going trips to the right or trips to the left, you now have three wide receivers out there where you may not have, and you can spread the wealth. You can do, I mean, that might free up the tight end. There's a million things that happen when you set up with those two backs. And like, I just, it's frustrating to listen to people say, well, why would you put them out there at the same time? Why wouldn't you put them out there at the same time is what I ask. Well, especially when you don't have a lot of prolific weapons in your passing game either. Like that's the thing because both, Chubb and Hunt give you 
prolific weapons in the passing game. In addition to what they do on the ground, they can catch the ball. I mean, first touchdown of the season went to Kareem Hunt. I know it was one yard throw, but that right lined up as a fullback came out of the backfield. There was nobody within the state of North Carolina close enough uh, to him. He was that wide open in the end zone for the touchdown. Uh, second touchdown, he he broke through for a 24 yard run. I mean, of the longest of the six longest plays offensively for the Cleveland Browns against the Carolina Panthers, five of them were authored by Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like I, I just. So I, I don't get it either. And those guys just do what's called, they're called dirty runs when you're breaking tackles and that. And uh, th- this was Stefanski talking about the dirty runs that they consistently get from those two players. You know, you want to block these things up perfectly and you want to give the the, the runner a, a clean hole and, and that type of thing. But there are plenty of dirty runs. And, and they occur because the defense is pretty good and they're trying to stop the run. So for us, mentality-wise, when, when we are running the ball, we, we want to finish our guy. We want our guy – just eliminate one guy. You eliminate one guy, and, and even if that means we're leaving our runners one to make a miss, we have confidence that they'll do it. When it's blocked perfectly, uh, you know, I think about the Kareem's run. Uh, his touchdown was, was blocked really, really well, read it really well, got through the uh, first and second level of the defense and scores. And then you got moments where – they know we're running it and uh, it's, it's messy in there and, and there's bodies all over the ground and, and these guys are jumping over people. So um, again, the, the guys work really hard and I think it does give the O-line, the tight ends, uh, the wide receivers, it, it does put in their mindset that they just got to finish their man. Yeah. So for, for the Kevin Stefanski doesn't say anything in his uh, press conferences crowd like that, that. That's a real nice breakdown from him. Yeah. Uh, big time, big time. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's come back. Speaking of breakdowns, there were defensive breakdowns that we need to talk about too. So we'll get to that. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. We love having you on board. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. Back after this. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. It's always game day in Cleveland, and we are just through our, what is this, our Tuesday podcast. So uh, thank you for being with us. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. We love having you on board. Let's talk a little bit about the defense 
defensive breakdowns. But before we do the bad, let's do the good. Miles Garrett with two sacks. Um, the defense looked really good in the beginning of the game. Uh, they looked stellar all the way across the board. And I don't think that first quarter you could ask for much more out of any defense in the NFL. Yeah, I, they they killed it. They, they really did. You had uh, first play of the game, Jadavian Clowney bats a pass. He ended up batting a couple of those. Uh, they had five batted passes. Uh, Baker couldn't take a snap from center. There were at least four muff slash fumbles, whatever you want to call those on those exchanges. Uh, four sacks. Uh, Miles Garrett had two of those back-to-back plays in the third quarter and just really allowed them to play complimentary football. And that was something Denzel Ward uh, spoke about on Monday. We all work together. So those guys up front help us out and we help them out. So uh times they're they're getting to the ball and batting the balls we sometimes we may not be in perfect position but they're making a play up front where uh it doesn't even have to get to us i think vice versa if they may not get there as fast and we're in good position we're able to make a play on it so i mean it's all about working together and playing complimentary football yeah that that was the good news the the bad news is that they were up 20 to 7 and with a minute and 13 left they were trailing uh 24 <laughs> to it would, you know, it would have been great if they just would have ended the game after the third quarter. Like, yeah, they won 27. They dominated 18 different guys had tackles in the game. This was perfect. And yeah. then the fourth quarter rolled around and there were a couple things that were scary. Like Baker Mayfield, we, I felt like we saw four years of Baker Mayfield in four quarters yesterday. <laughs> yes. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, we, we really did. And, you know, part of that was the, the defense and some of the miscommunications that they had on that side of the ball, the 75 yard touchdown cannot happen. Gave up nearly 50 yards to set up Christian McCaffrey's touchdown that got Carolina on the scoreboard. Um, And then they had uh, a bad exchange that McCaffrey was able to scoop up and get nearly 30 yards on that. And that's just like stuff that drive drives any coach crazy. And, Obviously, Kevin Stefanski less than thrilled about all that on Monday. Yeah, that was really disappointing uh, because we played really, really good defense uh, yesterday. And to give up 75 yards and 50 yards and even on the fumbled snap, uh, and then they pick it up and get 28 yards, that's a lot of yards on three plays. Uh, and those were just you know, moments for us just not doing our job. Uh, and, and yes, there are miscommunications, uh, but those type of things should not happen. Um, and, and we'll get it fixed. I mean, if I channel my inner Butch Davis here and I say, <laughs> if it weren't for those three long ass Jamal Lewis runs, yeah, there only, were only three, we only gave up like 12 yards rushing. Uh, so if it were not for those three plays, Andy, uh, the Browns only gave up, oh, I don't know, 125 yards in total offense instead of 261, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm thinking about that that Jamal Lewis game against the Browns. You, you know, Je- Jeff said exactly the same thing. We're just laughing. It, it reminds me of uh, uh, Butch was Davis another... was a peach. You have to admit. Yeah, no, he'll but always, I mean, he had some always, success. That was the good part, you know. Always have drafting Pro Bowl long snapper Ryan Pompreon. You'll never be able Boom. to say that he couldn't find talent, right? <laughs> By the way, great guy. But like all those guys, I've never met a, a a bad long snapper, a long snapper that isn't nice and courteous and appreciates the fact that they're there 
and realizes that they're not a superstar and no one knows who they are unless they make a mistake. And guess what? You're not going to know them for much longer if they make a mistake. Yep. Yeah. Because once they get the yips, they tend to keep them. But um, yeah, you know, Denzel Ward's been there. He's been on that Island by himself where this stuff, you know, when this stuff happens, um, it's part of the job. We talked about it on the post game podcast, how it it is somewhat hilarious that every time there is a defensive breakdown, it's where's the safety, where's the safety help safety valve isn't there. Right. So uh, it, it, it is funny that that's the immediate reaction. Anytime you see one of those secondary breakdowns and again, cost the Browns 14 points Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you definitely never want to uh, just give guys uh, anything easy because, I mean, the NFL, it's hard to win within itself. So uh, you definitely don't want to give anybody any gifts. So um, we did that on, on a few plays and just gave them some. So, uh, yeah, we just had to go in, correct some things, and I'm sure we'll get it fixed, though. I hope they get it fixed, right? I mean, we always hear that too. That's the the other best part of Monday is we'll get that we're we're cleaning that up on on film right now. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I, that, we're, we're we're bringing an editor out and we're going to uh, use special effects from Star Wars to make it look like we actually covered a guy. That's all right. Hey, look, they won the game, twenty six twenty four, and I think one of the other storylines going into this thing was the fact that you said it in the post game show and it didn't really hit me until you said it that Matt rule didn't even use Christian McCaffrey. And like, you want to talk about a blessing. Now maybe they didn't think he was up to speed or maybe he was hurt earlier in the week, but I got to tell you when he hit the end zone and I was like, Oh boy, this thing's going to turn in a different direction. So um, I, I don't, your, your thoughts on that after, because that made it 14, seven, we were still in the second quarter and I was like, yeah. Oh, they remembered he's here. Yeah, and I was really concerned about that and him getting going. And, like, like his biggest play, the 33-yard run, was the accident. That was him scooping up the, the fumbled snap and running with it, right? Right. Uh, so it, it was a gift. And, and Denzel Ward, I also feel like uh, he and his defensive teammates were also very, very appreciative that Matt Rule did not make them chase Christian McCaffrey around the football field Sunday in Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I think our linebackers, our guys did a good job as well, too. So I think it's a big credit to the, uh, our guys. And Matt Rule. Um, up front and the linebackers and safeties. And Matt Rule. Uh, being able to contain them as well on as, as much as we did. And Matt Rule containing him by not giving him the ball. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely helped that they were – weren't able to get the, get him the ball as much because uh, he's uh, their best player on their team. So uh, our guys did a good job as well, though, in containing him. <laughs> especially, we'll when he, especially when he didn't have the ball. <laughs> they 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 kicked ass containing him when he didn't have the ball. <laughs> that is so funny. That is so funny. I, I have one more thing I want to throw at you before we end the show here today. So while we were doing the podcast, I had the stats called up just so, for memory's sake. Um, on ESPN's thing. And, you know, they do that win probability thing. Right. With, this is amazing. With 613 to go in the fourth, do you <laughs> want to guess? 100% win, or no, 99% win probability for the Browns. 91.6 win okay. probability for the Browns. And what then, was the 75-yard touchdown? Wait, it was 90 again. Uh, hang on, hang on. After the touchdown, it was a 60 set at, at one point. Towards the end, it was 70, hang on, uh, 99, 62, 72.7%. 
72.7%. How about that? That was with 120 to go. So there was that still a little margin of error that you had there. I don't know. It, it's still fun to talk about a win, and I'm just happy they won, and we can move forward and try to figure out some other things. Because, I mean, when you think about the entire offseason, and by the way, let me tell you my favorite part of today, okay? We really won't be talking much about Baker Mayfield moving forward after today. Agree? Need Baker to do the Browns a solid and beat the Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers. So we'll have that'll the, be it, right? We'll have the Baker Mayfield jerseys out for those games. But yeah, I mean it's it's behind them. It's over with. Um, I wanted to squeeze in a question to Kevin Stefanski about that. Like, just how happy are you that you're done answering Baker Mayfield questions? But I just kind of felt that I had some other things that people really really care about that I needed to ask in front of that question, and I couldn't circle back to it. Um, but you know. You know, I think that everybody is happy that it's over, that they can now focus not only on the Jets, but the remainder of this season. This this thing is done. And, you know, we're we're not going to be dwelling on the whole Baker Mayfield uh, situation going forward. So all, all the attention now can go to the New York Jets, who, oh, by the way, have uh, uh, like the Browns in week one. Uh, they they have not won a game in September since I think the Clinton administration. So um, it would behoove the Browns not to screw this up on Sunday. And they should go 2-0. And I know you have to go out and you got to play the game. And I realize Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback and he's coming off of less than a buck 50 pass in here. But this is a winnable game for the Browns. Like the the, the schedule guides were very kind to the Browns. This is a very winnable game for him. So uh, a, another important week to refocus and get ready for a Jets team that's coming off getting their uh, getting their wings clipped by the Baltimore Ravens uh, in the opener. So uh, Joe Flacco, remember him? Oh, I remember him well. Yeah, well, that's who we're going to get to see on Sunday. Lucky we'll out. see him. And when we come back on Thursday for our next podcast, we'll be talking all about the Jets and what the Browns have to do and what's happened between now and then. So we appreciate everybody listening. And again, if you like what you're listening to, just subscribe to the podcast. We'll be your friend, right, Daryl? We'll call you if you subscribe. No, we can't do that. It might take too much. We, time. Our, our friendship can be bought. Yes. Oh, easily. Are you kidding? I mean, NIL, forget about that. How about just uh, free cash? That sounds good to me, too. Again, NFL sponsors, if you're listening, we will gladly, gladly include you and read your name in these weekly awards because I'm anticipating that the Browns are going to be up for a lot of weekly awards. But the caveat is you have to sponsor our podcast. That's true. I got to tell you, I would do, I'd give out a player of the week for a pizza at this point. I'm so hungry. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's game day in Cleveland. Thank you for listening for our amazing producer, Meredith Kane. Thank you, Meredith. And uh, for our entire staff at Odyssey that does such a wonderful job, making sure that you're able to listen to all of these podcasts. Thank you. By the way, we're coming up on our 50th podcast coming up here. Should hit in the next two weeks. Just so you know that. I don't know. Do we get like some kind of some? Well, I'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. That's on the next. It's always game day in Cleveland. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you're listening to subscribe, if you ever want to hold, get a hold of us, it's so easy at CLE or at game day, CLE at game day, CLE on Instagram and Twitter. It's always game day in Cleveland. Thanks for listening.